0: transmitting directly from the launch pad <laughs> bringing blue collar to your cell tower The rock and roll libertarian himself it's time to blast off with Johnny rocket you know you got Hey, this is Blast Alba the Journey Rocket, and I'm here with my Red Truth, Miss Railing Lightheart. Bam! Oh, woo! What's going on, Ray Ray?
1: I am ready to do this show. I cannot wait to talk to our guest. We just had the 4th of July. Everybody blew up fireworks. I love that. Well, I hate that nobody's standing up. To the government, the way I mean, really, nobody yeah. is. But I am freedom. loving that everybody decided to risk a fifty thousand dollar fine in California, in LA oh, County, great. with the insane amount of fireworks. And you know, That's I think all crazy. over the country, people are talking yeah. about how everybody was lighting them off, and um, just we're seeing some inside rebellion. Some people that I'm hoping are going to prepare to really stand up to this.
0: I'm crowd. with you on this, mm-hmm. and I've I've seen a lot of mother with Hawaiian shirts and guns. And it's pretty cool because I just go, aloha, mother He's like, roger that. He (laughs) knows, man. They know. We know each other. It's cool. And it's all over. Like, I'm seeing rebellion. It's silent. It's passive rebellion, but it works. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. if every, you know, and here's the thing is I was actually talking to Jacob Lamont about this idea about handing out Hawaiian shirts to, uh, like, homeless people. Just give them Hawaiian shirts as a sign of rebellion. Because then you know it's it's like giving everyone Guy Fox Max, right? Same yeah. principle. Yeah. But I mean, I'm seeing this happen too. So that, that, that again with the fireworks, people wearing Hawaiian shirts, people buying guns. God bless you guys. Rocking. Going roll.
1: into a store without a mask, holla, please. Like, yeah, Thank you. Know what? you. Like yes. we we give each yes. other looks in the store. It's like we know who what we're doing. Thank you. Yes. I'm in. That's it. right. That's right. There's All the right.
0: the fucking nod. You know. Rock Let's and bring roll. It in. Let's All right, so libertarian principles of self-reliance and minimal government have been around for f- centuries, but they are being tested as never before in a time when much of the world and many of their adherents see a clear rule for government restrictions on basic liberties. Today, we are talking to Buck Johnson. Buck played drums with the great Jimmy Vaughn at many of the Ron Paul rallies back in 2008 and 2012 and has been a libertarian Now for two decades. Buck comes from a Rothbardian, Miesian wing of the liberty movement and has interviewed many of the top voices, including Mr. Lou Rockwell, my hero Tom Woods, Jeff Dice, Scott Horton, Mark Thornton, and has had many guests that aren't directly linked to the ANCAP world. But he gets red-pilled guests from other perspectives like the great paleoconservative Paul Gottfried. Feminist Megan Murphy, Infowars reporter Joe Biggs, the great journalist Peter Van Buren, and Psycho Billy King, one of my heroes, the Reverend Horton Heat. Death to Tyrants, his podcast, discusses politics, current events, and economics generally viewed through a hardcore libertarian and free market lens. Many episodes will feature Full-length interviews with leading minds of the world of liberty, economics, philosophy, and politics. Okay, Raylene, are you ready to lift off? Copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock? All
1: systems go, Johnny.
0: Let's blast That's off with Buck Johnson! Buck Johnson! Johnson! So much for being here, brother.
2: That's the coolest intro I've ever received.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the thank rest you, guys, of the for having me. Suck, but that that intros are what people wait for all day. Yeah. But thank you, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> you know, man. And again, I, I was really surprised when we uh, actually the pre meeting before the show. You know, me and you are like, man, man, we got some <laughs> we got some similar overlapping backgrounds. So, I mean, we both come from yeah. the rockabilly world. And, the, the, you know, the rock and roll scene, man, that's kind of uncanny. It's like, what are the odds of having a libertarian and cap and a rockabilly guy? What's, what's the fucking no, chances? No kidding. I uh, Someone was asking me about doing this
2: show, and I said, I've not met him yet, but I, I bet you anything we've been in the same room at the same time. I'm sure. At some point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you been to Viva? Yeah,
2: many times. I actually met my wife there. Ah, nice, dude. Yeah. Nice. So, the, so you can have real, true love stories that go past the weekend of
0: Viva Las Vegas, not just via ah, nice. You know what I nice. mean? Yeah, yeah. No, no, we we played there like two years in a row. So it was like, well, what, three or four years ago? Two, two, two years in a row. Whatever. Long story nice. short. Okay. Yeah, I, I've I've played
2: there a lot. I uh, probably more times than just going for fun. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I my wife when I met her. She said, Do "You you played here last year with, with uh, a band called the Horton Brothers, right?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said,
0: "I know oh, those guys, yeah."
2: She said, "That's the only pictures I happen to take of the entire weekend." Oh, And I said, nice. "See, you you've been doing a little bit of stalking or something like that." Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that, that that's good, man. That's that's great. That's true love, man. That's
2: true it's love. Kids, yeah. And I played up there at the Tractor Tavern. Uh, I believe that's what it was called. Yeah, in, in, in Washington. Seattle. In Washington,
0: yep, yep, yep. been there, mm-hmm. played there, there, yeah, been there, dude, yep, great place, yeah, chop suey, so uh, same room, I know guys. we've been in the same room at the now, same time, now we're brothers, now, yeah, I played, uh, right. I played the tractor tavern, and uh, have you ever heard of chop suey out in Washington, Seattle? Uh, no, I think we played with, um, god, what was it? It was the chop tops there, but it was also with like mm-hmm. coffin, not the coffin cats, we played with them too, um, mm-hmm. but it, yep. yeah, man. By the way, we'll talk after the show about drummers. <laughs> Let's just yes. get on with that. <laughs> okay, so because so many millions of Americans finally realize that something is seriously wrong in the way that the government is handling our affairs, the virus, the bailouts, libertarians are continually asking, do you think there is still time to turn this all around? What do you think? Mm.
2: Not in its current format. Not to sound pessimistic, but as one... Big blob of 350 million people in America? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I suspect that we're going to have to break off and break apart at some point, and that in that situation, uh, you have a better, much, much better shot of decentralizing everything, and and kind of giving certain sides what they you know what they really want. Uh, if California wants to be high taxes and socialized healthcare and masks and uh, ban fireworks, although we saw that that didn't particularly work out very well. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. um But yeah, I, I think at some point you're going to have to face the fact that we can't do it as one country of 50 states. It's not even that anymore, so much it's almost just one, the United States of America is what so many people want to make it. But I think if we can break up, then yeah, then there is a much better shot at getting some of the stuff uh, that that you and and and, and Raylene and, and myself would would hope to have uh, as far as political stuff and, and freedoms, I think that would work better. Rock and roll, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, there is there are so many problems, and it's multi-pronged. It's in everything now. I mean, the, the problems aren't just economics. The problems aren't although free market economics are actually everything. But even with the with the the social things going on and being used to distract everybody, it, it's it's insane. So we're all secessionists. Um, we're, I believe in it. We're
0: neo-Confederates, really. Come on. R- oh, no, no. So um,
1: bringing it into, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the upcoming economic collapse. And um, also, do you believe there's a way to mitigate this in any way through obviously voluntary, but even government means?
2: You know, I, the easy way out of that is to say, yeah, I mean, I think it is coming. Although I have to admit geez, even before this, this Corona uh, bailout happened, I've been really surprised at how well the house of cards is able to hold up under yeah. pressure. And it, this is something that I, I would have thought popped prior to Trump getting elected. Once he was elected, I I thought it's going to happen. In fact, I, I thought back then, this is a bit of a nuanced take. Obviously, we you guys and myself believe in more than left versus right, Democrat Absolutely. versus yes. Republican. Yes. But I thought if Hillary wins, maybe it's better because when the collapse happens, which it's going to under her, maybe people will go, well, see some of that, the socialized programs and everything, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. But then she she lost, and I thought, well, I guess it'll happen under Trump. And now I'm not sure when it's going to happen. It, it, it's like if it can withstand what it just went through, I suspect it's going to go longer than I would have initially thought. You know, I could see it going into the next year or two and still mm-hmm. somehow holding itself up. I, it's honestly, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. The, the problem is... Well, do you think the food the shortage longer
1: it, is going to be a big part of that?
2: I don't know. That's my best mm-hmm. answer for that. Yeah. Um, I think that the longer it does go on, the more painful it's going to be uh, to fix it. You know, they always compare the the economy the way it is right now to a heroin junkie and to just keep injecting it and injecting it with cash and and the Keynesian economic philosophy. It's going to hurt eventually when it's time to sober up. But man, Mm -hmm. I got to admit, it's going on longer than I thought. uh, The heroin must just be the right dose for the
0: time being. Right, Mm. right. Well, What I'm worried about is not necessarily that is when we lose our status as the world's reserve currency. And I think that is where it's going to hit harder than anything. And again, we have inflation. We haven't even caught up with the $6 that they actually Mm. printed out of thin air. We haven't even spelt that yet. You know, how much of the value of our dollar is going to go away from that? You know, I'm saying about 20%. So again, we keep getting hit with this uh, printing of money. The in as soon as we lose that world reserve currency, we are absolute <laughs> millionaires are will screwed. become broke yep. unless they have yep. assets like gold and silver, right? Or cars yep. or property. But if they don't, right. if they just have money and that's it, they're, <laughs> you know, and that's just the basics of economics. Mm-hmm. Really quick though, man, uh, do you believe that the, the pandemic, this COVID-19 thing has brought out the authoritarian and libertarian in us all? I mean, do you think that this has actually created a division with with polarization? Yeah, 100%.
2: Prior to this, uh, some of my friends, now I'm almost unwilling to call them that. But people I know, Mm -hmm. especially here in Austin, which leans largely, largely left, Mm -hmm. you would see them say things. And it's like, man, he's kind of got an authoritarian uh, bent to his philosophy. He's got this something running through him that's a, a a little off. And then once this stuff happened, that drew the lines um, solidly. Yes. Uh-huh. And unfortunately for a lot of the musician types in my area, they are full on. It's a mix between scared to death mm-hmm. and wanting everyone to be controlled. Mm-hmm. And I think one leads to the other, I unfortunately. Agree. But mm-hmm. it's been crazy. And, and in fact, my wife is... She was just slightly into politics. She would listen to my podcast. She she was basically libertarian. She supported Ron Paul, but she wasn't ate up with it like the three of us are. Mm-hmm. And now she really is. And she she watches Tucker Carlson every night, like yelling at the TV. <laughs> she, it's, she's been, it's great, I, caught, I The other day she tells me, hey, I ordered these CBD things off of uh, Dave Smith's podcast that he <laughs> had, had for. And I was like, you listen to Dave Smith? And she's kind of looked at me almost guilt like, yes. <laughs>
0: So and you're like cheater.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait, you listen to me or him first. <laughs> so so yeah, it's 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 kind of drawn the lines and in the same way a lot of the non-musician people I I hang out with, now again, most of the non-musicians are libertarians. So it was already this way, but a lot of them are like full on putting on Hawaiian shirts at this point and, mm-hmm. and, and some grabbing guns. But yeah. um yeah, the authoritarian mindset of the neoliberal left is on full display and and one of them yesterday a, fr- a guy i know wrote on on facebook yelling basically okay even if you're not going to clubs it's the same thing if you're going to parties what the f- does it matter with you idiots it counts that you're being close to people in a small space yeah referencing people that would get together on the fourth of july at a house right and it's just like golly and then and then just two weeks ago he's yelling about how terrible the cops are. And it's like, who do you want to enforce all this stuff you love? You yes, know, it's like, yes. if anyone loves police, it ought to be you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I've actually
1: been, it's, it's hard because you're seeing these people that you grew up with or that you love, that you went to school with as a child, like really believing everything. But it's so much harder for me when I see fellow self-proclaimed anarchists telling us to put on a mask oh so God. that our yes. government will give us back our rights. I, I, I'm i seeing this. And it's shocking to me. And, you know, Johnny, you know that I'm all about my medical freedom, body autonomy. And, but here's the other thing. Have you guys also noticed that a lot of uh, normies that you, you knew before are starting to come out of the woodwork and Start private messaging you or asking questions yes. like statuses they didn't like before. I Are I you yep. kind of seeing a lot of people coming over? Uh, a lot of my friends are contacting me saying, We just got our first gun. We're Dude, doing what this. Do we do. We're, right. we're not going to. My, yes. my mom just apologized to me and said, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to listen to you about vaccines. And she said, mm. I wanted to keep my head in the sand. I didn't think it applied to us. And now I see everything that you were fighting. And I understand what you were trying to tell us. And she goes, "I just was didn't want to know." And I'm so sorry. So that I felt I've never felt more seen by my mother in my entire life. That's Here we great. Are. Yeah. So that's,
2: that's funny you say that. My dad did something very similar. Mm-hmm. He's straight up Trumpian type.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mine too. Mm-hmm.
2: And he never uh, really loved the fact that I was a libertarian over the years. But mm-hmm. we've been now talking every night almost. He calls me almost every night, ranting. About how screwed up this lockdown is, the economy, mm-hmm. um, the mask thing, all of this stuff that, you know, us, we have all been interested in uh, many times. And the other night he texted me and said, I just like to say how proud I am of your political knowledge and insight.
1: Oh, uh, oh nice, dude. And I That's, was
2: like, that made That probably made wow. your day, dude. It did because he's not. It's not the easiest for a guy like him to give a compliment, right? And right. so uh, it kind of thought, you know, like 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 y'all are mentioning, some of the people are going, you know what? These libertarians might have had a point this whole mm-hmm.
0: time. Okay, mm-hmm. really quick, dude. And this is kind of a story. I, I have not disclosed this information. I'm not going to name names, but I have a buddy that I went to high school with, and when I was in in high school, he was walking around with his ROTC school, you know, BDUs and. Real proud. I'm joining the military. I'm joining the army, blah, blah, blah. blah, And uh, I've been friends with this guy now for going on 20 plus years. And uh, the dude, I, you know, I, I talked to him every once in a blue moon, you know, and uh, he basically said to me, man, he's like, I've been, I've been kind of watching what you've been saying, man. And I'm like, really? He's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, he's like, and I, I agree. I just can't tell you publicly. I agree. Cause I'm a lieutenant. Yeah, almost there. I'm a lieutenant <laughs> colonel in the army. And I can't tell you that. I'm like, I'm talking to a light colonel, you know. And I'm like, God damn, this is weird. And he's like, Hey man, I'm there for you. If you need help, whatever, I'm, I'm on your team. I know what's going on. And I'm like, Holy shit, dude. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not gonna say his name, but dude, that's crazy. Hearing a military officer, a lieutenant colonel, a battalion wow. commander, telling me, dude, you're right everything you're saying is right. That, that, well, that brings some validation to the there's, whole thing. Yeah.
1: there's And especially when you're, it's respect, you guys are both describing stories where you're getting, not just yes. um, liking you, it's respect. And that's, respected means more than it does. to be liked.
0: It, but it, it blew my <laughs> mind that I'm actually talking to a Lieutenant Colonel, you know, yeah. who's telling yeah. me he's tracking what I'm saying and well, he, you know hope and hope that
1: they stay on our side and that they actually hope. stand up and do something this time cuz we're getting close. Yes. Buck, what do you yes. think
0: about this? I mean, do you think I mean, let's just say there is a pivot point in our world, right? Cuz I I mean, I'm pretty sure there is. There's going to be a point right now we are in a cold war. And yes. let's face it, we are. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen with the cops? What do you think is going to happen with the military? Based on what you've, you know, people you've interviewed, your research yourself. I mean, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, question. Yeah, what do you think is going to actually end up panning out in, in regards to Antifa, BLM, Boogaloo, the state, the government, the cops, <laughs> the army? Well, I mean, what what do you think? Well, um, I was actually thinking
2: of this as you mentioned that story about your ROT, former ROTC, uh, now like Colonel Buddy. There's, this is the optimist in me, and, and it it bears uh, in some reality that I think a lot of those people are more apt to lean on our side than you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, cops too, although I realize that's not always the case across the board with cops, because um, a lot of them do get into that job because it's it's power and they can wield power. That's right. But they're, you know, the few nice cops I've known personally and then a lot of the military people I've known personally they're not going to go around door to door and take your stuff if that's what it comes down to I just I think there's going to be an armed insurrection against the government by mm-hmm. certain factions within the government if that becomes an issue and I don't know how it's going to mm. look it's tough uh, I do think this between the BLM stuff and the Boogaloo stuff and Antifa really Antifa. Uh, there's going to be something happen in the streets before this summer's over would be my guess. I would in agree. Some city. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I know that's not exactly going out there on a limb too far to to predict that but something you, you know when I remember ringing in the new year and I you would never think like all right it's 2020 and just a couple of months the economy is going to be locked down and you can't leave your house. And so right. uh, yeah. after all of this stuff If anyone says, hey, that can't happen, uh, then, you know, I say, well, yeah, we haven't seen anything yet. And so I think something's going to get worse than it is currently. I I suspect there's going to be some kind of massive shootout uh, in a Mm -hmm. city somewhere. So depending on which city and depending on how the cops are funded or not, depending what Trump wants to do with the military and the National Guard, it's going to get very interesting. I'm guessing around
0: August. But, I'm uh, thinking we'll that too, man. And I think November. I, uh, yeah. I'm saying November when <laughs> it's the fan. And I think that's what it's all going to happen at once. Second wave of Corona or COVID-19. Yeah. I'll say
1: it. Well, they're threatening us right. with it. So, COVID-19 uh, yeah.
0: economic collapse and <laughs> mass shootings and people in and the writing. election. If you're saying November, that's
1: okay. Yeah, well, this shows on the book, so we will be able to predict and and say. Yes. Well, I, and nobody wants to be right about any of these predictions. We don't want to be right. No, no, it's horrible. Except the
2: secession one. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want the violent shootout in the streets. I would yeah. like to peacefully have Texas. Yeah. Break away. Um, depending on who wins the election, might trigger which side starts the. Yes. The violence. Yes. Uh, really, I agree. And
1: and we are seeing that even with the rioting and the protesting and. It did seem like there were people out there instigating things that were not part of either group, part of the neighborhood. Like they talk about Soros funding it, things yes. like that, or maybe cops that were part of it. I mean, at this point, anything can be true. We we are being completely inundated with back and forth facts that just keep disappearing and reappearing regarding a virus. OK, and that's why we can't leave our house. So if that can be something that people believe and and that can be happening, then then anything can be, in my opinion. So. I wanted to ask you about crypto because, you know, it's it's huge in, in our world and, and crypto is a fascinating and exciting thing to be involved in and to talk about. But do you think that it will be hijacked by the state, the world banks, potential world government? Do you believe a cashless society would be beneficial for liberty overall? Or ultimately, do you think that it may be a way to control us through commerce?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Um Damn. God, again, like, God yeah. damn, that's deep.
1: This is the stuff I think about at night, guys, you know, So
0: that's a great question. I agree.
2: We have to have enough smart people on our side, technology wise, to not allow it to be taken over basically is my answer. And mm-hmm. that person's not me, by the way,
1: <laughs> or the electricity for the servers or and they talk about the ledgers being able to do be handwritten, but nobody's going to be doing that if the grid goes down and they use energy weapons or they take their electricity I mean that's the first thing
0: I mean let's think about it that's that'd be the first thing that if you're tactical that'd be the first thing you would take out if there was a electric boogaloo right Mm -hmm. yeah the grid (laughs) yes yeah and so then I
2: suppose then yeah I don't know Brayleen, you're scaring me. I got to think about it. now. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry.
1: Gonna... <laughs> I, I like the truth is, is that I love the innovation. I I'm a free market capitalist. I'm a free market innovation lover. But the me truth too. is, is that we're we're effed. I think this this going to crypto. I I you look at the predictions, even in the Bible, when they talk about the end times, they talk about the mark of Cain. They talk about you. If you don't have that mark, you will not be allowed to do any business and to take care of your family. So, and when they talk about this vaccine that Bill Gates wants to put in you and all these
0: kind of things. Sure. Let me jump in real quick, Ray, and I'm with you on this. Go for it. But I I just want to maybe make a caveat to that also, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. that I think in these times of uncertainty, right? We'll just say that. In these times of uncertainty, I think we need to go back to the basics, right? And I think this is where we're going to go into more of the gold standard, Mm as Ron Paul had talked about, and the silver standard and precious metals. I think this is really where we're going. Again, we have to realize that Bitcoin and all the other cryptos out there are Where we're going
1: or where we should be going, because I think that's two different things. Right. They're fiat. They're still fiat.
0: So when when we go back, I I think ammo is going to be a commodity. It's going to be an actual Mm -hmm. currency out there. Mm -hmm. It's going to have dual functionality. And uh, Mm -hmm. again, I think I would go into the fact, if it was me prepping right now, saying, oh, the world's going to end, I'd be buying ammo and gold and silver. I think of those right there are what I would do. I don't know. What do you, th- I'm just kind of jumping. Yeah. What do you think? I'm Jack? back at railing here. But I think, uh, yeah, it's something.
2: I think what you're getting at is you mean something tangible rather tangible. than tangible. That's right. And visibly electronic that they can shut off at any time. That's right. Yes. Then I would, I would much rather gold, silver, and guns. (laughs) Basically. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I I don't think I'm wrong on that. Um, No, you're not. And they can't shut that off. Yeah. Yeah. They can't. And they can't. And they always will retain their value through time. It's been historically proven. Okay. So what is your response now? Like there's been a lot of going on with Facebook. What is your response to Facebook blocking and shutting down the Boogaloo groups and pages, but allowing Antifa and BLM groups to go about their business? Facebook, though, is technically a private company, but is heavily subsidized. What are your thoughts on Facebook and what they're doing? Mm -hmm. I think it's terrible. And so while, yeah,
2: you know, the private company thing's a bit of a blurred line because, like you said, I'm not sure how they are subsidized. I just can't imagine that they're not. And so the first answer would be, if they are receiving any government money, Mm -hmm. cut that off now. Mm -hmm. Second would be, at that point, if they still want to ban anyone to the right of Bernie Sanders, uh, <laughs> then I would say, I would say we need to vocally say this is a, a bad decision. We don't support it. If you want to use your uh, put your money where your mouth is kind of thing and, and, and delete your stuff from them, I would say that's the route to go. I wouldn't want any government interference coming in to stop Facebook from doing something. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, it's the free market thing. But it doesn't mean we can't vocalize our opinion on something, right? If, if a store didn't allow uh, gay people and it said that outside, you, you could still go in your next door app and in your neighborhood stuff and say, what a terrible bigot that guy must be without right. wanting the government to go shut him down. That's right. Nice. Um, so that's the approach I would take. Uh, first of all, yeah, if they're getting any government money, I would cut that off immediately. I well, can't, they're working with the well, CIA
1: since the beginning, so...
2: Um, that too and they need to cut all of those ties if that's possible at this point for such a inundated deep security state mm -hmm. and i don't know you know the tentacles of the american government are so far and wide that i don't know how you pull them all out at this point again without dissolving it in general rock and roll
1: and then i wanted to ask you one more question before we're going to go to the second segment did you follow the Chaz and Chop situation at all in Seattle?
2: I did. I what, did. What were yes. your thoughts
1: on that? That was it's very divisive the, among anarchists and libertarians, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was, and and it, it was funny because being a Rothbardian, I've you know been reading and talking about defunding the police, mm-hmm. literally, not not some fake version of it, right? And secession. And so it was funny, like, all of a sudden, here's all these people on the left going, we want to defund the police, and look, we're going to make our own country in the middle of another city. And so on the surface of it, I'm like, okay, welcome to the club. That's cool. You know, funny, just two weeks ago, you were like, oh, my God, Trump's going to destroy the post office. What a Nazi. (laughs) And it's like, now you want to defund the police? That's quite a giant step, but okay. Mm -hmm. But aside from all the hypocrisy of some of their statements, The Chaz thing was interesting. There's a few ways to take it. In Mm -hmm. spirit, of course, I like a group of people saying we want our own autonomous country, really. Yeah, with with voluntarism
1: kind of being at the root of that. Mm -hmm.
2: Part of my problem would be you can't take over other people's property that wasn't yours. And so if there are Mm -hmm. store owners within what was now called CHOP or Chaz that didn't agree to be in it, then I would have an issue with that. There would be some kind of contractual thing that would need to be decided upon, which I'm guessing, just as a stereotype here, having seen the people in CHOP, that wasn't their first thought process. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, They had no plan, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. I I think it was basically a middle finger to the city government, which, yeah, I I have so many thoughts on this. And and so I guess in spirit, some of it I liked, I think um, in application, some of it I did not. I agree.
0: Yeah, I agree. And again, I mean, you're not going to be able to, I mean, they had no plan. They just said, yeah, this is our place now. Go Well, team. not
1: even a shared and, ideology and like, among like, everybody that was there and doing that. That's right, true
0: and, and, and that? not everyone agreed to it, right? So again, this is why right. it's not. And they're like, oh, we're going to grow our own food. But they, they were out of food in like two days, everything. They were like stealing from people, all right? So, again, you had no law enforcement. You had no—I'm not I'm saying that that's a good thing, necessarily. I privatized the police, of course. Or a bad thing, right. Right. But what I'm getting at is there needs to be laws, regardless if it's a voluntary society, free society, yeah. and cap society. doesn't matter. You need laws. And, right. uh, again, I don't know. There's no laws when drinking claws. This is Johnny Rocket with Raylene Lightheart. And, man, dude, I'm having so much fun, Buck. Uh, we're talking to Buck Johnson to Death to Tyrants podcast. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Rock and roll. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rock and I'm here with my way of truth, Miss Ridley Lethar. bam! Thank you. What a good show. Yeah, but man, you had some good questions. Goddamn, really. Oh, well,
1: you know, I like to talk. And... You've been
0: studying and stuff. <laughs> You've been studying and stuff. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, no, those good questions. I was like, Goddamn.
1: Thanks. Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's yeah. So we're here with Buck already.
0: Johnson. Give it up for Buck. Bam. Yeah, buddy. That was like my. What's up, guys? So, hey, man, thank you so much for being here. And what we do on the second segment, it's called Rocket Fire. What we do on Rocket Fire Sirs, I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related. And if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Buck, are you ready, to play? ready to play Rocket Fire? Rocket Fire. fire. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. This is my favorite segment of y'all's show. I love it. All right, here we go, man. Question one. Will racism always exist, even if we're all mixed in the future? Yes. And why?
2: (laughs) Because I think it's, there's always going to be a natural prejudice within some people in every group that doesn't like a group that looks different than them. I don't think it's, a certainty that it's within everybody, but I think anytime you get, say, 100 people together and you throw in 10 different nationalities or races, there, within that, just naturally, you'll get a few people
0: that say, I don't like that guy because he looks like this. Interesting. I agree. Question two, does the scope of political branding spread beyond the realms of an election? And if yes, to what extent? Oh, yeah. I
2: would hope it extends way beyond an election. I think an election, the way this country has it set up, narrows it down so to so little that it basically takes all of the real political branding away. And because you know that if you surveyed the country, you'd, you would get let's take the current uh donald trump versus joe biden and which we get every four years every four years it's the most important election of all time right Mm -hmm. you take that out of it and just say here's some positions give the libertarian give the republican and give the democrat and say all other things removed which of these position platforms would you rather vote for i guarantee you that there's a lot more libertarians out there uh than than we realize but the election narrows everything down into such a small fight that it has to be R versus D that's and right. all else doesn't matter. I'm told that every four years if my vote's a waste that's and right. I'm a selfish if I vote with what I actually want and what I like. I'm with Despite you. the fact that Texas is red no matter what, so I always tell them, well, your vote's
0: wasted too, so... That's true. That's true, brother. All right. Question three Are uninformed people prone to vote for change? I'm saying that in quotes blindly instead of considering gathering more information to make an assertive choice.
2: That's a good question.
0: And the answer
2: is yes, off the top of my head. In fact, I was immediately brought back to myself in high school. And I remember thinking, I think I want Bill Clinton to win. I didn't know any better. Uh, George Bush Sr. has been the president now. I don't know, Things seems like things could change. That'd be cool if they changed. Right. I didn't know <laughs> But I just thought, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess, I don't know, status quo versus change. Change sounds cool. That guy seems young and hip. And so, yeah, that is a perfect example of, of your question is really, I think that's very common. And uh, sometimes the change people are serious about. I think a lot of the Trump voters uh, wanted the country to go in a different direction and certainly a lot of the Democrats do right now, but yeah, that's used very much as just some kind of way to
0: placate stupid people, I think. I I agree. Mm. Question four. Do you think that politicians are, in general, corrupt? And what percentage of politicians do you think are corrupt, and how many do you think are honest? So let's give, like, a percentage in numbers.
2: Okay, my first answer is yes. I think uh, generally they are. I would say, judging on the ones that are, an office right now uh, let's see thomas massey mike lee Rand paul there's three i bet you maybe amash i'm not sure about amash. i, I think he's a big.
0: he's a f- carpetbagger yeah <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So- i like him a little bit i kind of i like I Mosh a little I bit i do i i think he's better than the rest yeah of raylene it's a low like, yeah.
2: bar i i like him too compared to yeah. nancy pelosi you know, and, we'd have woodrow wilson would be yeah. greater
0: than some of these guys right <laughs> so,
2: and I, I think Ron Paul was the greatest politician of all time, and I think that's doing a disservice to call him a politician. I would say ninety-five percent. I would too.
0: Yeah, I would say that is a good number. That's generous. I five percent are good. Yeah. Question five. What do you think the main difference between government and governance is?
2: And please give examples if you can. Okay. Well, government, I will say, is by force. Governance is. Voluntary. Now, you, we could look up these words after this interview, and I could be completely wrong. <laughs> this is just no, popping right. in my you're head right, right now. Right. So, government, in my opinion, is what we have now. Governance is what we should have and what we would have in an ANCAP society. For instance, the hans Verman Hoppe model, where you might have certain small little neighborhoods as their own quote-unquote country. Mm-hmm. You could have rules about who enters those neighborhoods and your own traditions and standards and, and taboos within small little
0: areas, that would be governance. I'm with you, brother. Question six. Do you think anarcho-capitalists should abandon political activism? Why or why not?
2: No, I don't think so. I know it's a lot of anarchists say that it's a waste of time or it's also uh, voting for, or excuse me, voting against the NAP, I should say, uh, to vote at all. But I think some political Activism is a good thing. I think organizations like the Mises Institute, while they're not directly knocking on doors or going to their local city council meetings or or whatever, they're still politically active and they're educating uh, a certain segment of the population. So I look at that as political activism. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's important to have. And at some point, I'm optimistic. I know I keep saying that, but I do foresee secession happening. And so I think educating the population on economics, first and foremost, history and certain philosophies uh, is an important thing that will help the new version of whatever I'm living in in 10 years uh, be better.
0: (laughs) Right. I agree. All right, man. Question seven. Do you think the idea of common property in a free society is a good thing?
2: I think it's up to the people that live in that society. Again, I I like the uh, 1,000 Lichtenstein model, a 1,000 different Lichtensteins. And so if this little segment within um, a country, we'll call it, within CHOP, we'll call it, if they want to have a co-op grocery store, that's up to them. Personally, that would not be my route to go, but uh, it's easy at that point once you start getting enough people it will be a hierarchy within even a co-op so there could be some uh butting of heads but yeah it's up to the people in that little area
0: all right question eight do you think technocracy is a real thing is the control of society by the technical elites what's ruling our country or is it a a type of collusion with the government working with the technical elite oh i was
2: about to say yes until you gave me that second option (laughs) That second option sounds to me, that's what I thought a technocracy was, but I certainly think there are elements within the CIA and the security state working, like we mentioned earlier, with Facebook, with Amazon, uh, certainly with Twitter. And so basically the government and the CIA and uh, we'll call it now for lack of a better term, the deep state, they want to rule by whichever method they can. Mm -hmm. And right now, technology happens to be the easiest route. Uh, On the flip side of that, I think technology is going to be what helps us get out from under their rule at some point as well.
0: Right. I'm with you, brother. Question nine. Do you believe we are quickly moving down the path towards a mass confiscation of firearms in the United States? No. Uh, Now, I might be biased
2: because I'm in Texas, that is just not going to happen. There's a part of my sick, twisted self that almost wants it to happen. I, I, I almost wanted Beto to have some type of authority outside of looking like an idiot on a skateboard uh, to where he would try to have someone take the guns away from people here in this state. It would, that would lead to what we were discussing earlier quickly. And that's why I think a lot of cops and, and Texas State Guard, they're not going to do that. In fact, uh, we saw, you know, multiple sheriff departments throughout the country basically saying, I will not enforce this when states pass strict gun laws. Now, we don't have many strict ones here in Texas. And again, it could be different state to state. I suppose California is a bit different, but there is absolutely no way that they would take guns away from people in this state. There's they just it could be it would be
0: impossible. I agree. And same with Arizona. i man. at question 10. There simply aren't many outspoken libertarians in mainstream music today. What is the relationship with the left wing and musicians, and why do people listen to musicians for political agendas? Oh my God, I could. This too bad. This is only no, thirty no, or sixty seconds. Go take as long as you we want. We could talk an
2: hour. It drives me absolutely crazy. And so, uh, to answer the first part, no, there's there's barely any libertarians uh, in music today. It's funny. Um, some of my f- friends within the music business that are Super successful, um, like Jimmy Vaughn, like the Reverend Horton Heat. They, interestingly enough, do lean libertarian. Hmm. I wonder what the what the relationship there is. And (laughs) then, of course, my ones that live money. (laughs) Yes, it's because they are smart and they're good with money and finance and economics and decision making Mm -hmm. and logic and all the stuff that we kind of pride ourselves on. And then my friends who are in a dirtbag apartment barely scraping by for 30 years playing the same set list. It's interesting. They're far left. Go figure. And because so they don't want to work. Yeah, no. it is. Exactly. Bingo. And they want everyone else to give them stuff. And uh, then I've noticed, yet they want to do all the controlling. That's it's right. A very,
1: the left can't a, meme and the commies can't money. <laughs> they just
2: can't. That is, yeah, well
0: put. I might use that one. That's um, good. good go do it. The left can't meme. They can't. They can't do it. All right. And the bonus question What do you think the reason socialism is becoming so popular among the youth, even with the goddamn Gen Xers, man? What the f? Oh, same answer. Just kidding. (laughs) Same Same answer, but I mean, seriously, what the f?
2: It is because the control grid, the system that is set up to educate people in this country pushes that. Mm -hmm. And so to not be all in on socialist ideas, it's almost a miracle because it's been beaten into you for 13, well, excuse me, for basically 18 years. Um, If you, you know, once you get out, I don't see, I went through, I went to a government school. Don't do that math. I just did, but (laughs) it was beaten into you so long that it's, of course that's what they think to have people like us three is weird. Right. And if you, if this was a free market country, an Ancapistan, if you will, and the schooling system was set up um, in that method, it would be weird to be a socialist. Right. And so our whole government system is, it props itself up by feeding children through adults, misinformation and bad economics. That's right. And we're seeing, we're seeing the outgrowth of that big time right now. And they're even moving to tear down. And I know not to sound like a boomer, but the tearing down of statues to me is kind of an, uh, just another symbolic way to show we want to erase what has happened before and create something newer and more socialized. That's right. I agree.
0: And that's rock and fire. Give it up for Buck Johnson. Bam. Great job. Great job, brother. That was fun. Great job. Anyways, though, this is Johnny Rocket with Raylene Lightheart. We're talking to Buck Johnson from the Death to Tyrants podcast. Anyways, though, this is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Rock and roll. I'm here with my real truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Bam! Thank you, thank you. And we're talking to the one and only podcast extraordinaire, Buck Johnson from the Death to Tyrants podcast. Welcome to the show. You kicked ass on the Rocket Fire, brother. Definitely.
2: Hell yeah, man. That was good. Good questions. I got all, yeah, well, thank you. Raylene wrote he them. Does a I good job them. at
1: Rocket Fire questions. I agree. I like
2: them. Yeah, it's such a cool, entertaining part. I always love hearing your guests. You know, I'm like, all right, here we
0: go. How are they going to answer these? What are they going f- to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do that exactly. too. And I'm
1: like, oh, I would have you this. It's way there. Yep, yep.
0: <laughs> I would have totally answered that question differently. That,
1: was <laughs> <laughs> that
0: there's an like, idiot. There's
1: been two where I was like, cricket, cricket on my own. And just so you know, there's been two where I was, I don't remember what they were, but I remember going, oh, how would I have answered that? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's always oh. fun. I like it. Thanks for getting me, Johnny. I like You that, know like, what's funny,
0: though, is that is the hardest part of the show, like for me. Because I I Mm -hmm. have to sit here and go, okay, goddamn rocket fire. And I've just been doing
1: it it for hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Hundreds and hundreds of
0: episodes for years. And I have to try. I recycle them every once in a blue moon. I do. I don't give a. I'll admit it. But. No one notices. So if no one notices, I'm good to go.
1: Well, you want to hear that guest. I mean, that you're highlighting the guest and what they have yeah, to say. Yeah, totally. So you could ask it the could same be... questions, and a lot of them are going to have different answers.
0: Yeah, but th- so. those are the most difficult to pull out of your ass. And, I like, I, sometimes I'm lazy. And oh, I...
1: that's why it's difficult. You're pulling them out of your ass, Johnny. Honestly, <laughs> you should have just found your questions at a totally different place, and it would be a lot more comfortable.
0: Well, too. no, no, yes. If I pulled them out of my mouth or something
1: joke
0: no i get it no no no. but what i'm saying (laughs) is i you know you have to sit here when i do a show i'm i sit here and think about them and it it, it gets difficult because i mean you can only have so many questions and the show comes out randomly it doesn't come out in a a specific time you know what i mean like where it's not like current events right where i'm now forced to kind of come with a philosophical question that could be timeless in its response and so to Mm -hmm. speak so that's where the difficulty kind of comes into, because I can't go, what did you think of Trump's idea that he talked about yesterday? You know, like, well, I don't know. That was two weeks yeah. ago. So that's, yeah. my, that's my thing. Raylene, enough about me. Talk, Take it away. Rock and roll.
1: Okay. So, okay, this one's a little bit of a strange question, but Neil Gaiman is an author who wrote a book called American Gods. They've even based a TV show off of it. It's a fiction based on the power of belief Creating gods, and the more belief in them, the more powerful they are. I found these concepts for this fantasy novel like brilliant. What are your thoughts on this, and what comes to mind when I ask you who or what are the American gods right now, in your opinion?
2: Excellent question. It is the fundamentalist progressivism right now, is the biggest religion in this country, and I think the gods are you know, you could say as a whole government, but um, obviously the head of that right now is for the progressive fundamentalist left would be Satan. And so I think ideas, equality, egalitarianism, mm, yeah, socialism to an extent, although I don't think they all characterize it in, in that term specifically, mm-hmm. but those type of, of uh, even the administrative state stuff that they can't even couch in correctly, I would say. But that is the biggest religion. And it comes with its taboos, its belief system, its gods here and there. And if you...
1: Yeah, the the false idols themselves.
2: Yes, false Mm -hmm. idols and censorship. Because when I grew up in the 80s, the fundamentalist Christian right Republicans were Mm -hmm. the ones that were censoring. They didn't like rap lyrics, heavy metal lyrics, and all of this kind of stuff. Now, people like my parents, they just want... To be left alone right. and they don't care if what hip-hop lyrics are going on what heavy metal bands are doing what or what movies have what characters in them now that's all the progressive left they're the ones censoring speech they want people kicked off of youtube they want movies pulled if you don't bow to their religion even presenting a new movie with characters have to look a certain way
0: uh they want you out yeah i'm mm-hmm. still so pissed oh, off yeah, that they yeah. ban people from smoking
1: and well, and, and that's the thing about that. Like the, even big pharma is a God science, the science. And I'm saying that in quotes because yes. science is the observation of what is, but the way people want to treat science as of a religion. And if you yes. think something differently, if there's even a dissenting scientist, then they are exiled and excommunicated from the church of science. It's disgusting. Um, well, look at the, um, so, I mean, look at we the weather channel. There.
0: Yeah. Look at the president of the weather channel, the founder. His ideas were, you know, yeah, there is changing in climate, but it's not necessarily due to human behavior. And, oh, yeah. And, and he you was look crucified. Hard. And I'm like, this dude yeah. started the Weather Channel. This guy knows right. some I mean, I'm not saying yep. that there isn't some validity that, you know, maybe you shouldn't throw your styrofoam cup out the goddamn door. Or maybe you shouldn't yeah. you know, if you have a hot rod, you know, you're blowing smoke. I mean, maybe there's a, a small minuscule contribution by the human population but is it really that much is it really killing the throwing money at it
1: and and taxes going up and controlling every move that we make really going to combat it exactly no it won't exactly
2: no No, i don't think it will and well which that that example you just used is a is a great example because he spoke out against the religion right Mm -hmm. and by saying he doesn't believe Basically, climate change is 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 one hundred percent man made, and it's a you know it's going to be a disaster in a decade. That's against the religion. That's basically in the eighties. If an artist would have put a crucifix up in a gallery with urine and poured urine on it, I I, I saw that like display. By the way, yeah, 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 that that. And remember back then, the the Christian Church was trying to get all of that removed. Right. And so it's just they funny went after Harry the-
1: Potter. They went after Harry Potter. What? Why? Yeah.
2: And and now I believe Witchcraft. aren't the isn't the progressive left going after Harry Potter's creator?
1: I I know. I it's a clown world right now. I'm i you guys, we are so involved and we're paying such close attention and we actually have a very long memory. We have a longer memory than these sheeple. I I I said it, that are this <clears> nineteen eighty-four <1984 throat> paradox that people live in, where Eurasia was always at war with East Asia. They believe it and they forget what they heard yesterday. According to the CDC, they forget what they heard two weeks ago from the who yes, they forget. Yes. I mean, they, they just can't even handle it. We can look back at the whole thing and go, this is a hilarity. If it weren't real life, it's frightening, it is. but we have to laugh. What are we going to do? Like we'll never come out of our homes again. If we, we let them win by living in fear. And they're not going to laugh.
0: They're not going to win. Right? really, you know why
1: God wins. That's why.
0: Because good always wins. In the end, yeah. it will. I think truth will come to fruition. I think we oh, will win. Oh. I think we will win because oh. people are starting to wake up. I don't think everyone's woke up yet, but I think people. Well, the pendulum
1: can only swing so far. Exactly,
0: yes. I agree. Yeah.
1: And but I yeah. think and we're we gonna that. win.
0: I think we're gonna win. And you know, what? I don't know. I just anyone who well, says they're a communist, I'm, they're they're my enemy.
1: Oh, God, I can't even with that. Like the people I, okay. So, all right. So I have a question for you. Our Mm -hmm. culture seems to be intent on adhering and promoting, even forcing binary thinking and polarization, right? Which we were talking about earlier. How do we combat this for more nuanced conversation, exchange of ideas? Like, for example, BLM as a Marxist organization versus black lives actually mattering, systemic racism, police violence. Like like how how do we that's like
0: five questions but
1: yeah no it's all one it's I mean good. How no, do I get we, it yeah how do we do that like how do we be able to bridge the gap of logic and saying that uh I love the hashtag black lives matters that we're bringing awareness to police violence uh, I that's this is my opinion and then versus not supporting BLM and it's not because I'm a racist it's because they're out and proud Marxists. I mean, how do we have those conversations without people or getting other people that are being polarized into these middle ground conversations? How do we do that?
2: Well, part of it is going to have to be accepting that the binary thinkers are going to be a majority of people. And Mm -hmm. so there's going to be a large percentage of people that we can't ever change. And it's just... It just is how it is, and so it's almost a peaceful existence realizing that. And then the second part. Luckily, I know you guys had Spike Cohen on last week. Yeah, we did. He's really, really good at that, at what you're saying, because yes. he met with he met with Black Lives Matter people, and he told me um, by the time he was done talking to him, he had a few of them wanting to end the Federal Reserve. Now. That kind of stuff. It's basically, he, he called it meeting people at their precepts. So a lot of us like to go into a discussion with a non-libertarian, prepare to win an argument. Mm-hmm. Because we know, for the most part, we probably have done more research on a political subject than the average person on the street, or at your work or mm-hmm. at a bar that you start chatting with. So in your mind, you're already preset to go, I'm gonna, I'm going to trounce this person. I'm going to beat them. And I think it's, we have to get away from that and kind of, you know, if you have a leftist sitting in a bar next to you, back when we could go to bars, uh, (laughs) and they say something like, man, the cops sure do attack black people more than they should, or the numbers, of course, we all know the numbers speak. Otherwise, if you're going to look at all demographics, but we don't have to point that out initially. Let them roll with it and kind of meet them somewhere in a friendlier spot would be my suggestion. So to say, yeah, why do you think that is? Do you think it's the structure of power within the police department? Do you think it's you the think welfare it's, system? Uh, correct. Do you think mm-hmm. there's issues within the inner cities keeping um, black families I down? Agree. Uh, I agree, ID, the yes. welfare Do you think it's qualified immunity for cops that maybe they should remove that and be able to face consequences of their actions? Do you think it's the system of government and how it's set up? Let's let's look at each of these, and or do you think it's strictly racism? And if they say I'm a hundred percent set on that it's only racism,
0: then they're that's fools. That's a tougher pill. They're fools. Yeah, I'm they're, sorry. They're
2: fools. And then you could say, well, if you believe that, would do you think it's best to give people? I mean, now I'm starting to sound like an autistic libertarian. My, my that's mind That's fine, on that dude. We to, all are. That's do you, cool. Do you think it's uh, cool then to give a group of people? The monopoly on violence. If there mm-hmm. if there's going to be racist people in that organization, sure. So you know, I, again, I think it's meeting people kind of where they're at, and then slowly injecting more nuance into the conversation in a friendly way, rather than just trying to win the argument
0: and go, "Ha, I got you, you bootlicker." Well, here's the thing, <laughs> yeah. and what how I do it, and me and Spike actually talked about this. And it is very effective. And I always start off with the conversation with, do you own yourself? And then they go, yes. yes. Everyone will agree to that because no one wants to say, no, the state owns me, right? No one's going to say that. Do you own yourself? Do you own the responsibilities and consequences of your actions? Yes, I do. Everyone's going to agree to that. Do you own the fruits of your labor? And they go, yes, because everyone agrees to that, right? Even if they're commies, they'll agree to that. And then what you say is, well, look, if you agree to the fruits of your labor, if you buy property, if you buy an iPhone, if you buy a home, do you own that? And they're going to go, well, yeah, but, but that's when the buts start coming in, right? But again, Mm -hmm. you bring it to their level and say, look, man, I, I don't think you're a bad person or anything like that. I just want you to look at it from a different perspective, saying that if you worked all day and all night. Regardless of how much you make, you can make $100 an hour or you can make $10 an hour. Doesn't matter. You still are doing something. This is your worth. You are saving. You choose what you buy. This is choice, and that is liberty. And then they go, well, I never even looked at it like that before. And every every time, it wins. It wins. And And again, if you start with the fundamentals, because we have to get back to the fundamentals, Buck, on how we message people, if we say you own yourself, you own your decisions, you make the right decisions and you have to be responsible for those, most people will agree to that a hundred percent. I don't care if they're Marxist or radical conservative Republicans. It doesn't matter. They're going to agree with that. What's your thoughts? The problem nowadays is that so much of
2: that's attempted to be done on social media and it's impossible to really do there I agree. Uh, because, Everyone wants to win the argument while there's thousands of people seeing the comments. But however, yeah, what you just said, that's exactly how it should be done, especially in person, because people don't tend to get as uh, enraged in person and just call you a racist bigot and delete you, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a lot easier to do that in person. And part of the issue in the split in society today is social media frankly and in that that's where all the arguments are done and it's easy to get riled up in your house you've had a few drinks and delete the person after you yell at them in all caps (laughs) i love it cap
0: all caps anyway so raylene prepare for landing roger that johnny seat belts and shoulder harnesses your body your choice landing gear and downward expanders
1: nap initiated anti-state superchargers defragged and woke
0: landing lights and guest websites buck give us your dot-com sir oh the dot-com is dang it's a libsyn site
2: you guys know the 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 podcast hosting site libsyn yes Just google libsyn and death to tyrants i actually can't remember the order in which it's done uh, but you'll find it and death to tyrants is on any podcast platform and you can find me on facebook at facebook.com slash death to tyrants podcast
0: bam bam dude And, by the way, dude, we're honored to have you here on the show, man. I heard a lot of great things. And, again, dude, you're a solid guy. Anyways, though, this is Johnny. Oh, by the way, Raylene, uh, if people want to hear more of this interview, what
1: the f*** do they do? Well, then I highly recommend oh, going to go. support Blastoff.com. And for only a dollar, you can hear Buck talk to us about all sorts of things and get put on blast by the listeners. So you can hear those questions for just $1. a dollar. A dollar?
0: That's nothing. Just meet
1: us there. Just a buck. That's a it. Buck. A buck for Buck. Buck for yeah. Buck. Mm.
0: There we go. Oh, yeah. I'm cheap There we go.
1: I'm the best. I'm the
0: cutest girl ever. That's Let's great. That's a great hashtag. <laughs> buck for Buck. Blastoff.com. All right. Anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas, here with Raylene Lightheart, talking to Buck Johnson. Again, make sure you check us out at thelaunchpadmedia.com. Again, that's thelaunchpadmedia.com. Anyway, so love you guys. See you next week. Rock and roll.